I'm Kat Richardson. I'm also K.R. Richardson. I write strange books that meld mystery with science fiction and or fantasy and then go off in weird directions, and I hope you'll enjoy them. This is a continuing episode of a series about Kat Richardson's Blood Orbit. Well, this next question is about what if you're working on something now? So I'll, I'll ask it and you can say, no, we already covered that. Which I'm, is there something that K.R. Richardson is working on now that you can share with the audience? Oh, K.R. is working on Gaddis Book 2, which is tentatively titled Parallax, because it's about seeing things from two different perspectives that converge, which is what the parallax is. There's two different perspectives on a case, which opens with a murder at 20,000 meters underwater. Hmm. (laughs) So initially people write it off as an accident, but it becomes obvious very quickly that it is in fact a really horrific murder, which might be connected to a whole bunch of other horrific murders, which cannot possibly have been committed by the same person. Wow. Okay. Yeah. I call it the most dangerous game underwater. <laughs> Just, you know, I always have weird tags when I'm working for things that remind me of what uh-huh. what they are. And I think it's interesting that right now there's a, I think it's um, Netflix or HBO, it has a, a video series out called The Most Dangerous Game New York, which is based on the old film and short story, The Most Dangerous Game. And so here I am working with the same concept. But, you know, it's another one of those great concepts, which is human blood sport. You know, do you do you hunt? Does the the hunter, the ultimate hunter, is hunting another hunter? You know, <laughs> right. <laughs> like hmm, murder is sport kind of thing. Wow. And it's it's a theme that you see over and over again, and it goes back into the nineteen teens. Once again, a World War One. It comes out of specific things during World War One, and then it we see it over and over again. So this was a fun little idea to work with, and then here I am working on it very slowly for a lot of complicated reasons. And now, of course, the idea is coming out again (laughs) as yet another version of the most dangerous game. Oh, cool. Right on. Are the same detectives going to show up in this story or in this book? Yeah, except now they're, they're advancing in their careers in spite of resistance from higher up the chain. Society is starting to change as a result of the things that, that were exposed in the solution to the previous case. But there's a bunch of other characters who were smaller characters on the side in the first book, and they're now going to show up and become bigger characters, including members of various social resistance groups and political bodies, people who are looking for political change and the way different groups go about it and how they they are at loggerheads and you have to get them to work together in order to solve this problem because it once again you have this existential threat where if people continue to get away with doing what they're doing then people who need to survive in order 
to build a better world will die. Mm. So everybody has to kind of get off their particular horse in order to solve the problem, even though they everyone thinks it's someone else's problem. Interesting. Interesting. Yeah, there I go again. <laughs> More of the same themes. <laughs> Is this a reflection of current society and the... I'm going to, I'm just going to reach for something and it might be way off, but all right. So our political system is pretty divided. (laughs) It's going to take an existential threat if we're ever going to get together. Otherwise we'll just keep chugging along in our, in our usual, uh, aggravating (laughs) each other ways. Is is that part of what's driving this, this thought through you? Um, it, it is. I, I didn't really think of it that way when I started. It was more that I, I saw certain things happening and I said, why are people not noticing this? And I just decided to kind of put a little bit more of a spotlight on it. So, yeah, there is a lot of modern social commentary being embedded in what I'm doing. But I don't want to beat people up with that. I want the story to just evolve and allow that as part of the context of the world that they live in. It's also the context of the world we live in. You don't necessarily have to put it in the front of every book, but we know it's there. Mm. You remember during COVID shutdown, there was a lot of discussion about whether or not as a writer, you would include this in your writing because we didn't know how long it would last or what its impact would be. And we're not even having that conversation anymore. Three years later, no one is saying, well, are you writing about this? Because... Well, of course you're writing about this to a certain degree. If you're writing anything contemporary, then this is something that happened. Right. It's simply there. It's no longer an issue that we discuss is, do you write about this? Of course you do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Especially uh, when you think from an international standpoint, too, there's a lot of different ways people approach the the pandemic, and and there's different stories in, in that as well. Yeah. Yeah, and we isolated here in little parts of the United States don't see how things happened in Europe or in Asia or even in Canada in some cases, which isn't very far away from where I am. You can drive two hours from where I am and end up in Canada. Actually, shocking. You can take a ferry from where I am and end up in Canada. <laughs> <laughs> that's true. That's true. It could, it could be a bus ride to the ferry, and then you take the ferry to yeah the, the yeah, Victoria Clipper. Like, that's a great it ferry. It doesn't take very long to be in a foreign country. And Americans have a tendency to think of Canada as being sort of, you know, America light, and it really isn't. It's its right. own thing. Right, right, right. And then they're shocked. What, what kilometers? What? Yeah. <laughs> who are these weird people who say a boot? <laughs> Sci-Fi Thoughts wants to expand. We want to grow from not just your podcast player, but to spread to your co-workers, your family, and your friends. But I haven't got any friends. Why, you little... One, two, three... Oh, no, you don't. We know you've got friends who are, who are into the science, who are into science fiction. These are the people who are playing Halo and Stellaris and, and other space games instead of watching college football. There are the ones in the NASA t-shirts who are busy inventing something with their 3D printers. Email them a link to this podcast. Send them a social media request. Heck, even speak to them and tell them that you've enjoyed the show. 
the main point is to impress upon them how much you enjoy sci-fi thoughts. Tell them to go to the URL scifithoughts.space. Don't keep sci-fi thoughts secret because keeping secrets from science fiction fans just isn't nice. We have show notes and we have goodies in the show notes, like links back to K.R. Richardson's books, some interviews she's done on YouTube, and other things about noir. Where are the show notes? The show notes show up in your podcast player right there for easy tapping in the palm of your hand or into your laptop. If you don't use a podcast player, go back to the website where you downloaded this MP3 and you will see the show notes there. This is a continuing episode of a series with Kat Richardson. The series started at episode 253. So if you missed that episode, go to scifithoughts.space and use the search engine there to look up episode 253. Next episode, more Cat Richardson. But what's cool about editing is that you get to work with both new writers and established writers who are trying to improve their craft and trying to tell a new story. And it's really cool and exciting, and I really suggest that anyone who's trying to improve their writing make a point of reading things that they're uncomfortable with because I now get to see lots of stuff that I wouldn't have written. I wouldn't have even considered it. You could go through several issues before you had a really big boom uh, situation, yeah. but now it's it's crazy. I'm just trying to keep up on the AI changes, and, and there's like oh. people who dedicate YouTube channels just to do that practically every week, and they have like a bunch of new updates. It's like, wow. Oh, yeah, that is such a huge discussion right now. And, uh, and it's a big discussion for writers and, and artists, of course, with all the chat GPT, mid-journey, et cetera, et cetera stuff. I'm oversaturated with it to the degree that I almost don't want to discuss it with anyone because it's oh. such a, the implication is so huge. But then again, the implication of Amazon self-publishing was huge. And we've all kind of been able to stretch our brains around that. <laughs> now now we, we deal with the good and the bad of what Amazon did 20 years ago.